I walk around like that bitch. Hold on, hold the fuck up. I listen, I am late to the party, but I just got put up on Flo Millie and I am obsessed. A beautiful chocolate queen spitting. Uh, we'll get back into that later. Come on in the room. <laughs> what the fuck is going on, America? Welcome back to another episode of Dickpression. You already know who it is. It is your boy, Jalen White, LA. And I am in the studio alone today. Why? Because the last hoe that was here thought she could upstage me. And in the words of Anyala, not on my watch. And she knows me personally. So she knows better. (laughs) No, I'm totally kidding. The Ghetto Spiritual will be back very soon as we all enjoyed her last week. She is truly a key. Um, I love her so much, y'all. Y'all don't even understand. She was great. I wanted her to come and just let go and be herself on the mic. She knew I was in my feelings that day and I wasn't feeling it and I'd had a little sip sip. So I just wanted her to live her best life on the mic and she did that, honey. And everyone enjoyed her. So we're certainly going to have her back. But let's go ahead and get into it. Let's check in. How is everyone feeling this week? Huh? Hmm. Christmas is right around the corner. It is literally next week, honey, a few days from now. And I'm excited, you know, to spend time with my family and everything. But I'm going to be honest. Shopping this year was awful. I tried to do a little lightweight Christmas shopping yesterday. And I mean, listen, I particularly don't enjoy shopping for other people in general. You know, I'm just saying I I prefer to buy myself stuff, you know, but um, I'm a kind giving person and it's Christmas and, you know, I'm feeling a little festive this year with my unemployment or whatever. (laughs) But um, it just was a weird experience because of the pandemic. You know, as soon as we got to the mall, the first store that we went to, we had to get in line, honey, and all stand six feet apart. Um, They were only allowing a certain amount of people in the store at a time, which is cool because, I mean, it's better to play it safe than sorry. But, I mean, I just, it made me, I hate to feel like I'm slow dragging and like I'm being forced to lollygag, especially when I know I want to go in this store to buy X, Y, and Z, but you're making me stand at the fucking door on a sticker. But, I mean... It it was what it was. I was able to um, get what I needed, but I just had so much anxiety just being around people and just not knowing, like, am I going to get the COVID trying to get a fucking gift? I can't even order on Amazon right now because their warehouses are overwhelmed and backed up. And so they're, you're, even if you have Prime, you're not going to get your shit two days from now if you're like me and wait it to the last minute to do your shopping. But I do that every year. Because I really don't want to do it. But, I mean, I got some really cute stuff. So, I'm so excited to give it out. Um, yeah. Um, so, let me know how was your shopping experience this year um, while we've been in this pandemic. Like, how, how did you guys manage? Did you start Christmas shopping earlier this year? Did you strictly order online? Do online shopping, Amazon? Let me know so I can sit there and read it and feel bad and and. and Reflect on what I should have done. <laughs> oh my God. Listen. Did anyone watch 
The Real Housewives of Potomac Reunion Part 1. I'm sorry, but these ladies now have forever changed reality TV. They have completely shifted the fucking game. Let's just start from the beginning, okay? As we tune in, you know, they're doing these behind um, the scene shots of them, you know, getting dressed and getting in their makeup and everything. And, you know, they're kind of throwing some lightweight shade at each other. And as we get into the reunion, we're forced to look at these bright ass yellow dresses. Hmm. Monique gave me what I needed. Um, Karen gave me what I needed. I'm not mad at Candace's dress, but it could have been better. Wendy's dress was cute, but when she sat down, it was given very, like, quinceanera. Like, quinceanera. I can, I, listen, I can't speak Spanish to save my life. But it was given really that, like, my super sweet 16, you know, um... But her face, her makeup was beat. Like, if you're going to paint a chocolate girl, that's how you paint a chocolate girl. Her makeup was lovely. Her hair was dead. Um, Robin and Giselle, the green-eyed bandits, were lackluster. But what's new? Um, And that ultimately came up very quickly. Andy, with his shady ass, got into it about Giselle's fashions and... You know, Karen has said many things about Giselle's fashions, but she just was like, you know, she's obsessed. Her, you know, her her wardrobe is a mess and it gives her a cute little kiki. That's Giselle's trademark and she knows it and, and she enjoys it and she accepts her for who she is. <laughs> and then fast forward, let's just get into it because I, I, everything else was a waste of time to me. Um, I, I didn't really connect to the conversation about colorism because that is such a sensitive topic. I don't feel as though it had a place in that particular conversation because the difference between Candace and Ashley is Ashley will apologize. Ashley will take time to reflect about the foul shit that she said and done and come back and own it, you know? And the girls will hold her to that, whereas Candace just plays a victim all the way through. You know, she'll never own what she does on social media. She'll always say, oh, it's because they insulted me. And I know a lot of bitches like Candace out there in the world. I just cut one off, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, you think that you can say and do whatever you want to say, And then when somebody is defending themselves or coming back at you, it's a problem. And now you're being attacked and you're, quote unquote, now defending yourself. You're full of shit. Okay, let me get back on topic because I was about to start getting personal. I felt that in my spirit. Suck my dick from the back. But we're not even going to get into that. Anyway, moving on. um, I just felt like it was nice that Wendy was trying to educate everyone about colorism on this platform. I just, however, don't see that argument being valid given that anytime Wendy has argued with the girls she um 
she has escalated her voice, the volume of her voice. I'm going to use other words than using aggressive. She has escalated the tone of her voice. She even, when she was arguing with Ashley at the dinner table, when she said, you need to address me as Dr. Wendy, sweetie, she rose out of her chair. That, to me, being where I'm from and things that I've been through and things that I've been exposed to, I would have assumed that sis was raising out of her chair to fight me. Because that's the body language of people typically when they are raising up to fight or to address you in a threatening way. So, but I don't want to call her threatening because, I mean, she's not threatening. She's a mother. She's a wife. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying certain behaviors that she has displayed, a person could chalk it up as her being aggressive, you know, or her her language being aggressive, if you will. And I understand that she doesn't necessarily want to own or accept that because she is a black woman. And that is, you know, um, something that a lot of black women do deal with, you know, the whole angry black woman stereotype. Um, And I know that to be something that truly does exist. And we know we're not going to sit up and play like colorism doesn't exist. Um, But I just feel in that particular moment... It was out of context. I just don't believe that it belonged in that moment. I think when we talk about colorism, we need to more so address Giselle and um, Robin, who, you know, brag about the fact that they're light-skinned with green eyes, you know, and they attribute beauty and shit to that. You know what I'm saying? We should talk about that and their mean girl mentality. You know, we should really get into that. That's There's some colorism off in that, you know, and privilege and whatnot, you know. But it just was out of place for me personally. Um, I'm moving on. Um, oh, <sighs> this part really got me when Karen quickly chimed into Giselle. Um, when she asked her about her lip gloss line, Every Hue, and, um, Giselle then explained to Andy that, you know, things were really tough because of the pandemic, so the manufacturer that she, um, is partnered with is shut down, and then so Karen followed up and just said, you know what, I just want to, you know, clarify. So you're not in business. You're not selling. And she was like, no. (laughs) She got mad. Giselle was like, no. And then Karen was like, well, word on the street is, I heard that Target liquidated every hue. And so you're out of business. You're not selling anything. And I just want to put that out there because you came for me, which is a fact. She shaded Karen so motherfucking much about LaDom, her perfume line. And and that's what people will ultimately do. They'll shade you and put you down. And when you succeed, you know, they expect for you to support them. And then when they fail, oh, they don't want to talk about it. And so it's just like, why don't you want to talk about your failures when Karen and her husband were having tax issues? Are you not the same woman that paraded around in a shirt talking about tax evasion with her husband's name on it and shit? Like, and you did that all in the name of light shade and playful shade and fun. 
Okay, sis. So I love that Karen just quickly clarified that for all of the viewers out there that sis is out of business. Meanwhile, Karen's La Dame perfume um, is in Bloomingdale's.com as well as HSN. Just to throw that out there, y'all go buy it. I actually ordered some. Don't shade me. I know I'm a man, but I ordered that for myself because I'm a motherfucking queen, okay? And it smells lovely. I love smelling like a rich woman. Wealthy. Period, Pooh. Call me Susan, ho. Um, so I really en- I really enjoyed that clarification. And then um Andy immediately went into um the 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 pastor, <laughs> Jamal Bryant, and Giselle's relationship. And um Karen pretty much was like, Are you guys back together? Because you know, we, we just want to know because I heard <laughs> Because I heard that, you know, he had another baby on you while you guys were together. And she was like, what killed me was when she said, she said, I really don't want nothing to do with this, but I want to (laughs) know. But I want to know, is it true? Because even your daddy agreed, even if he exaggerated, your daddy agreed that Jamal has six or seven baby mamas in the seventh baby mama he had recently. And that was on your watch while you brought him to the show. And she basically was, Giselle was like, we're moving on, Andy. And um, Monique then tapped in, honey. It's like, remember, did you guys ever watch Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day? But you know when the powers would ignite? Okay, a better example. Everybody used to watch Digimon. You know when the motherfuckers' powers would ignite? And they would tear shit the fuck up. I mean, it's like Monique came to life. Calmly, with such poise, honey. She um was like, well, I heard this. You know, Jamal Sidepiece, you know, got in contact with me and sent me necessary screenshots, you know, about how your relationship with him is fraudulent, honey. And, um... That he's only with you. It's all reality TV. It's fake. And they were like, oh, we don't believe nothing she says. And then she was like, well, I have it right here in my little book. (laughs) And then, um... (laughs) But what got me was the fact when she was like, I knew, um... When Giselle was like, I knew Monique was going to come with all her lives today. I don't care... I I don't care nothing about what she says. And Monique was like, that's fine because you can have this. Period, Pooh. Monique then proceeded to read the screenshot text messages verbatim um, in which Candace, for whatever reasons, thought it was her place to then chime in as if she didn't get dragged earlier in the season. But she proceeded, oh, that's low. This is pathetic. Are we really listening to this? And then here's Robin. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? And um, Monique made it plain. If you're going to come for me and my family, I'm going to come for you. But I'm not going to just come for you. I'm going to back up everything that I say with receipts because I'm not a liar. So she reads her for filth. But and then what gagged me is when they were like, that's not real. And, and Andy was like, is it real? And she was like, do you want me to read the number? Monique proceeded to read that motherfucking number. Production not only had to bleep her out, but they had to blur her mouth because people can read lips, okay? 
But what gagged all of us was when Giselle confirmed that that was pastor's number. Mm. 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 I really felt it in my spirit when Candace said, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that shit hurt me. And then um, when she said, uh, when Monique went on to say after she was carefully placing her text messages back in their um, earned folder, um, she went on to say, with your fake ass fraudulent relationship, <laughs> she said, she said, you can't keep a man. You bring a man to the reunion, a new man to the reunion every year. I hope he's sitting behind you this year. <laughs> then she called him the pastor. I forgot what she said. Pastor floozy whore. And everybody was like, ooh. And then she said, I hope he's sitting next to you. And then what gagged me was when Karen leaned forward so ever slightly and said, is Jamal coming? <laughs> Is Jamal coming? Is Jamal coming? And then literally Giselle was like, no. Just as I thought. Of course not. <laughs> Bitch, they wore Giselle's ass out because her pastor is slagging his big D around the congregation as we speak. <laughs> Andy was gagged, gooped, and gagged, honey. He did not know what to say about it. I was gooped. I was gagged. Monique is that bitch. And, you know, I know a lot of people are going to try to play her out to be as someone that is negative. But when I say them ladies drug her all motherfucking season. They were trying to stop sis's bag, honey. They wouldn't they they ostracized her. I'm telling you. They stopped her from filming scenes. They wouldn't film with her. They wouldn't invite her to none of the events. They didn't even try to give her a chance to really atone for herself or really go they didn't even try to support her on her journey. And I feel like after a fight, to try to force somebody to apologize, it's contrived, it's fake, it's not authentic, it's not genuine. I would rather a bitch be honest and be like, I drugged that hoe, you know what, maybe I'll feel sad a month from now or feel bad about it a month from now, but I feel like that girl earned that ass whooping, and that's why I whooped that hoe's ass, and it just is what it is right now. You know, and maybe in time I'll see it different. I would rather somebody tell me that than somebody that just gives a fake apology for the cameras and then you don't know when that bitch might slide you again. You know? I, I wanna I wanna see what you giving off tops. Like in the words of Candy and Nene, we see each other. I wanna see you, bitch. And um I just don't feel like the ladies have been fair to Monique at all. Um, and it's really fucking sad. I mean, I get it. You know, fighting is not okay to put your hands on someone as an adult is completely irresponsible. 
especially as a black person when you're on TV. You know, representation is everything. And the last thing that you want to do is to project images that are negative for our community. However, people in our community need to understand the importance of not running off at the mouth and leaving people the fuck alone. You don't know what's enough for somebody when you've pushed somebody too far. I'm tired of a lot of people. I encounter this a lot, um, especially in dating sometimes. Guys, people are narcissists. You know what I'm saying? They think that they can say and do whatever they want to a person without considering a person's feelings. And then the moment you defend yourself or fight back, now you're the problem. Now you're the aggressor. Now you're the villain. And so I feel as though in instances like that, you just have to say, if I am the villain, then call me Maleficent, ho, and show up to a motherfucking reunion after you've beat a hoe's ass and they try to uh, get you arrested <laughs> and lock the fuck up, bitch. You show up with a book full of receipts with everybody's name in the tab and you read them hoes for filth since I can't put my hands on you. So I am cheering Monique on. I wish you guys can see me. I have my wine glass up. I am cheering Monique on. I'm excited to see how she continues to read for filth. I can't wait for the husbands to join. Um, <clears throat> mine is Jamal. Um, I can't wait for the husbands to join and Chris, um, Big Chris to join in. Um, Big Boy. Since you want to call my husband Big Boy, I can't wait for Big Boy to come out and do it for the people. Um, I'm not at all excited about that whole talking about that video with Ashley's husband uh, resurfacing where he grabbed the production fan ass. We know they freaky. We know they are freaky, period. They look like a couple of swingers, you know, and that's okay. You know, he just needs to stop doing shit on the camera because the whole world can see it and it's embarrassing and he just needs to get his shit together, point blank, period. He needs to tighten up. A little bit. That's what I had to learn this year with dealing with niggas. You got to tighten up. Period. Y'all hoes need to tighten up. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see what comes forward. I mean, the preview kind of exhausted me for the other parts to come of the reuni reunion. Because, of course, Candace is going to do all that fucking crying. And everybody that knows me, they know I, you know... I mean, you got to cry. You got to let your emotions, you know, fly or whatever. You got to let it out. You can't hold it in. But I just feel like there's a time and a place for everything. And you can't be a girl running off at the mouth. And then all of a sudden, you about to start that crying. Listen, I don't know Candace personally. And I particularly don't care to because I can't have no friends around me that just talk big shit but can't back it up, you know. <laughs> so I'm not too tripping. But Monique is a, she's a cool girl. Everybody knows how I feel about the Grand Dame herself. Um, I, I, I love Ashley. Even though Ashley, I hope they call it out. She had me a little confused on the last couple of episodes because it seemed like she started riding the fence, you know, wanting to call Karen out and shit and things relating to Ash. I mean, to uh, Monique. So I hope they call that out. But anyway, guys, um... The Real Housewives of Potomac Part 1 of, of the reunion was 
gag worthy and worth a watch. Even if you don't watch the show, I think you should watch the reunion and it's definitely going to encourage you to go all the way back and then start from episode one, season one, because it is that good. They are really bringing it out of, I think out of all the franchise, we all know that Atlanta, which I'm getting ready to get into, is the mecca of that franchise, but um, Potomac is really bringing it. And then I think Salt Lake City is right behind them because the Salt Lake City girls are a fucking mess. But Atlanta has recently premiered and um, the housewives that we have now are Kenya, Portia, Candy, Cynthia, and Drusadora. Um, Drusadora, I love Drusadora being on the show. I mean... She just got introduced in the last episode. And I mean, she is letting it all hang out. And that really brings me to what I want to talk about today. Um, so Jusadora, as everyone knows her, she um, played herself on the game. She also played T-Boz in the TLC movie. She's a singer. She's been a, a plethora of different things. Um... So she's on the show now or whatever. Um, She's married. She has a couple of kids. Um, The show is being filmed during the pandemic. So you see, you know, their lives now under these new circumstances. And her mother uh, moved in with them. And um, she's originally from Chicago, I believe. Her husband is, um, he owns a tech company. Um, and she was pretty much introduced um, to the friend circle, to the rest of the ladies, by Cynthia. Um, and immediately as she's introduced, Kenya, for whatever reasons, just wants to be a mean girl. Which I kind of expected because Kenya, Kenya likes to haze the new girls. But she has some little new girl with her who she's doing everything but eating her ass. I mean, I get that she's, you know, on the fence with Mark and that lady is separated from her husband. But I mean, they're acting like a couple of lipsticks to me. And they're just being mean girls. They're talking about, they tried to talk about Drusadora's hair and everything. They're just doing the most and there's more to come from that. Because on the preview, Drusadora had to let a bitch know not to play with her because she's from Chicago. So I, I want to see what's to come with that. And I watched her speak on it with Candy in which she kind of made it clear like she does not do Kenya or that other girl. So I can't wait to see how that plays out. But anyway, um, Drew Sador and her husband, you know, they've been having some marital issues. And um, three days before they filmed, um, they got into an argument, a heated argument, and he left. She literally went to take him food to his room. I'm assuming his man cave. And she was knocking on the door and he was not to be found. Um, And he was gone for three days. Now he reached out to her in regards to like house shit and the children. But he did not disclose where he was or what he was doing. Now I don't know about anybody else. But if I'm in a relationship with someone and we live together, let's let's add another thing. If we are married and we have children together, you don't just get to go off to run the fuck off for three days. And I don't know where you are. 
And his thing is like, but I talk to you. Yeah, you talk to me about things that had nothing to do with the matter. We got into an argument in which you proceeded to leave. You know what I'm saying? Without telling me, I didn't know where you were. And come to find out, he, this motherfucker that ran off to a whole nother state, he went to Florida. And, you know, I don't want to make the assumption that he's cheating on his wife, Drew Sedora, because that's a foul assumption to make about people who are married. Um, But it appears that way. I do see it from the point of view he has a tech company. There's a good chance that, you know, he was angry, pissed pissed off with her. He probably already had a business trip on his schedule and just chose to take it a little early, you know. And fine, but you need to disclose that nigga. You don't get to run off, nigga. You know, because then it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? And I also do understand it from the point of view because he had um, a short moment with Mike Hill in the episode, um, Cynthia's husband, where he was like, you know, sometimes it's hard as a man, you know, being in a house with kids and then, you know, women his wife and then his mother-in-law and then his mother-in-law, they clash and, you know, and also the pandemic that adds another pressure. And, you know, I, he seemed like he just felt a little stuck and probably in a heated moment when he got angry, he just felt like he needed to be away and to get a breather. But it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And you just can't leave your wife for three days. So, ladies, gentlemen, tell me what you think about that. How do you feel about being in a relationship with a partner and say you guys cohabitate, you live together, and you get into an argument? Are you okay with your partner just leaving for multiple days and not telling you where they are at or exactly what they're doing? Now, it's one thing if... Is it, it, does it matter... Let me let me clarify. Let me say this right. Does it matter? Because I want to keep it on the money of Drew Sedora's situation. Does it matter if, say, that your partner is calling you and is like, hey, um, did the package come? Or is, is the kids all right? Like, if that's all the conversation, that's still not addressing where the fuck are you and what are you doing? And who are you doing it with? And just how, how would you guys feel about that? Because I'm going to tell you right now, not nan nigga, not nan ho. Silly hoe, how you figure? Listen, I'm not going to do that. If you're going to be running off, nigga, if you're going to run off because you got upset, then you need to stay gone. And the motherfucking locks is going to be changed on the door when you get your ass back. Listen, Gladys Knight fooled the whole generation of women. She said, he's leaving on that midnight train to Georgia. I got to go. I got to go. I'm not going nowhere. Nigga, if you think that you going to run <laughs> and hop on the motherfucking train to Georgia in the middle of the night, well, then you enjoy, you enjoy Georgia, nigga. You enjoy Georgia. Because you got to go. But I'm not going no motherfucking where. I just, I don't, I don't understand in what world uh, somebody could think that that's okay to just kind of like it's a it's a form of I think abandonment like you just up and leave you know and it's also a form of avoidance 
you don't want to avoid whatever's going on at home. So it's just easy to escape. But it's not okay. It's toxic. It's unhealthy. It doesn't help the relationship. So y'all tell me what y'all feel. Y'all okay with y'all's mans? Y'all, y'all women's running off when they get upset? Just running off for three goddamn days. Hopping on a plane. Going state for state. Listen. I don't have a man right now. But in the words of Lauren London. When I get one. I'm not going to tolerate that fucking shit. So to the man, my future husband that's listening right now, when you get upset, you take your ass in the other room. <laughs> so y'all tell me what y'all think about that foolishness. Now let's quickly um get into it. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I actually got shit to do and I'm ready to get the fuck out the way. So it's no secret that the new COVID-19 vaccine has rolled out and is now being distributed amongst all of the hospitals. I know that a lot of the hospitals in LA have received it. Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't come on here to tell you all not to take the vaccination. Um, it's a conspiracy. You know, be careful about what you put in your bodies. I haven't been getting on here to tell you what to do with your body, so I'm not going to start now. Um, That's not my gig. I'm a little on the fence about getting the vaccination. I do understand why people want to get it as soon as possible because, I mean, a lot of parents are stuck at home with their kids you know, worried about how they can pay their bills, wanting to return back to work, wanting to resume back to some form of normalcy to, you know, provide for their family. So I get why people want the vaccine and see it as being something that's necessary and important, you know. And so I don't want to discourage anybody. I just recommend that if you are interested in, you know, getting this vaccine, do all of your research, ask a lot of questions. I'm leaning more on the fence of not getting it, but I did pull up this poll on ABC7 News that I thought was really interesting. Um, They did a poll um, asking people pretty much how they feel about the new vaccine. Um, The first poll question was, when will you take the COVID-19 vaccine? About 47% of people said as soon as possible. 33% said, I will wait and see. And about 20% of people said, never. I love how people, some people are just true to themselves. They're like, fuck that shit. (laughs) Um, Another question was, do you think the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the possible side effects? 64% said yes. 36% said no. Now, let's get into the side effects. Now, many people were posting these false articles that lacked any real credibility, um, where people were claiming to have gotten Bell's palsy and all these crazy diseases and things from it, but none of that has been proven as true. Um, According to the CDC, the only side effects to this is a possible fever, chills, and a headache, um, which they're claiming is rare. And they're saying possible, um, some possible... I feel like I can't pronounce this word, but they're saying where they stick you in your arm may have some redness, soreness and swell up a little bit. Um, And then they're saying that any allergic reaction to it would be rare. Um, So that's the only side effects that are proven right now. Um, 
a lot of people are hopeful about this vaccination. As I said, a lot of people do want to return back to some form of normalcy, some kind of way. And this is like a shining, you know, piece of hope, a shining light for some people. And I don't want to discourage anybody. Um, I do find it interesting. I did read another article um, that ABC did where about 80% of Americans are willing to take the vaccination. So that means about like eight out of 10 people are willing to get it. It's more common amongst elderly people are more willing to get it. And I find that to be interesting. But it makes sense because when this first hit, they were the most at risk. So I just want you guys to continue to be careful, wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask. If you don't have to go nowhere, stay the fuck at home. And when it comes to visiting your family for the holidays, just take the proper precautions of, you know, quarantine beforehand, get tested before you go and, you know, just just protect people. Um so tell me, guys, tell me what you all think about this COVID-19 vaccine. Will you get it? Do you think there's going to be some serious side effects? And for you, do those, um, does the vaccination working outweigh those side effects? Let me know what you think. I'm probably not going to get it. But if, if push comes to shove and it becomes something that's just very necessary and there's no way around it, then I'm on board. But like I said, if you are planning to go out there and get it as soon as possible, just ask a lot of questions. And then tell me what the fuck they said. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much all I got for you guys today. Um, oh, what's one thing that you're letting go this week? Last week I said I'm letting go of caring about you know, what other people think and living for other people. Um, this week I am letting go hastiness, being hasteful, doing things impulsively without actually thinking them through. You know, I have a lot of great ideas in my mind because I think I'm genius. I think I'm a future icon and there's so much that I want to accomplish but it's important that in any business venture or any idea that you have or any project that you want to do, you do have to ask a lot of questions and do all of the necessary research to really, you know, execute your vision the proper way. You know, you can't just rush into something and expect greatness. You have to crack at it a couple of times to really, you know, get it to turn into something. That's why I'm patient with myself with depression because I see its potential and I'm new to hosting, but I know I can turn it the fuck out as a personality and as a comedian because that's what I do and I turn it the fuck out on every stage that I get on. I have no shame in that. I'm a comedian, period, poo. <laughs> Even though that feels funny to say because we're all out of work, but it's good to know that I'm not the only one. But, um... Yeah, it's just being hasty. It's, it's making informed decisions going forward, being decisive and um, not allowing my indecision to make me hasty and impulsive. So yeah, that's my spiel. So what are you letting go of this week? 
Um, and also just as some quick encouragement, honey, I just wanted to tell somebody out there that timing is everything. There is a season for everything. Just because it didn't come to you right now doesn't mean that it's on that it isn't on its way. You have to sometime ask yourself, am I ready for that? Am I ready for this blessing? Am I ready to level up? Have I done everything that I needed to do right now in order to walk through that door? I mean, the door, God says he'll open the door, but are you ready to walk through it? Timing is everything. Patience is a virtue. And I understand that we all struggle with patience because when we need something, or excuse me, when we want something, we feel like we need it right then and there. But understand that there's a difference between a want and a need. And God is always on time. So he knows how to give you what you need when you truly need it. So just wait on it. Your blessing is on the way, honey. Keep cracking on it. Your vision is going to come to pass, honey. You're going to manifest your dream. You're going to walk out your dream. You're going to be the first person in your family to, to own a business, to be a college graduate, to be the first billionaire, millionaire in your family, honey. It's going to be you. But you got to do the work and you got to be ready. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. All right, you guys. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. We will be back next week, honey, because like I said, I'm feeling a little festive this Christmas season, honey. So stay tuned for another episode. Talk back to me, honey. I like when you talk to me. Don't forget, the only cure to dick pressure is dick. Bye.